Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. See, Mike, Danny Ainge, he's got to disown his son crew. He has to after that. I mean, fathers everywhere just took a major L. I don't need you to speak for fathers. I'm just saying. What if Mason did that to you? I would hug him, kiss him, buy him a car, and call on my friends to tell him I did my job. That's good parenting. I hope one day I can raise a son to yam on me like that. We got different thoughts about parenting, obviously. And crew, I'm telling you, you that's my fathers. <laughs> and then crew, he tweeted, my dad really doesn't care what anybody thinks about him. That's I why I, he's great at what he does. Thank and you. also why he's trending in a body bag. By the way, crew just came back from a Christian mission and then baptized his father in the name of Jesus. What's good? That's Welcome to up. the best 60 minutes of your day. Coming up, the latest on Carmelo, Clayton Kershaw. And bold predictions for the Patriots and Packers. Pretty sure you can guess what those are, but we start with Kobe. We do. Usually a superstar mentoring a younger player is considered a positive, but now that Kyrie Irving has reportedly asked the Cavs for a trade, in part because he's tired of playing with LeBron James, suddenly everyone is overanalyzing Kyrie's close relationship with Kobe. Like he's the fault. Of course, Kyrie's trade request has invited Kobe Shaq breakup comparisons, and boy, is this low-hanging fruit. It's so ridiculous that Kobe addressed it on Twitter Love how you got that product mentioned in there uh, for Drink Body Armor. Um, you don't really think Kobe is behind this Kyrie-LeBron breakup. I once heard a story that when James Harden was still in OKC, uh, he was in Harden's ear saying, you'll never be a max player. You, you, <laughs> that is you, true. You, I did Okay, hear right. Okay. If Kobe were still competing for championships now, I believe that he were in Kyrie's ear saying, you got to get away from that LeBron guy. Right. Come but this Kobe, up. wise, sage you know, do as I say, not as I do, Kobe. That Kobe is probably, if, if he's a really good mentor, you know what he's telling Kyrie? Don't play yourself. Don't play yourself. You might want more shots, but, son, it's really about shots at a title. And this disrespects what Kobe was about as, as far as I'm concerned because Kobe was about winning. It wasn't about just taking the most shots. That was his way of doing it a lot of times. But it wasn't just about taking the most shots. He should be telling Kyrie, don't play yourself because you, unlike me when I play, do not have a no-trade clause. You have two guaranteed years left on your contract. They could send you wherever you want. Are you really about that lottery life again? That's what he should be telling him. I don't think he's probably telling him that because I think he relates to it a lot. Look, even though there were some other issues in terms of the Kobe Shaq breakup mostly that exactly. I think Kobe felt like Shaq wasn't putting in the same work. Right, it, was still it, it, was, it was it was a, a difference in how they saw their work ethic and, and preparation. So I think that was at the root of it. But I think of anybody who understands the desire to stand out on one's own and to be the face and voice of an organization is Kobe Bryant. But this all boils down to the fact that, as I mentioned last week, when this first broke, people just think Kyrie's not that dude. Because I guarantee you... Who is people? Because I do. No, no. By that dude, I mean a franchise-changing, transformative player. And that's what Kobe Bryant is. I do not think that a lot of people feel that way about him. heavy lies the crown. And in 2017, guys are trying to have easier routes to the finals, not harder routes. And also, Kobe should be telling them, don't be so fed up with LeBron that you're giving away $70 million with the Supermax contract. That's other good advice you should be giving him. Zach Lowe's leading to his, as usual, great read on .com. The Cavaliers are projecting confidence that they can snare a King's ransom for Kyrie Irving. And more than that, they are acting for now as if a trade is almost inevitable. 
and that there is little chance of salvaging their relationship with him, according to several sources familiar with the situation. Meanwhile, LeBron, sub-posting to his IG stories, soundtrack to his situation appears to be Meek Mill's wins and losses and heavy heart. The lyrics of the latter could be interpreted as a shot at Kyrie. LeBron reportedly not waving his no-trade clause, nor getting involved in how the front office handles Kyrie. Speaking of the front office, Cavs officially announced Kobe Altman as GM today, by the way. LeBron, he tends to handle drama this way, the passive-aggressive way. Do these posts prove that Kyrie is right to want away from LeBron? <laughs> I think they sort of prove maybe this is more than just about, you know, basketball, playing styles, philosophy, the fact that Kyrie wants to feel like he's being heard and is a bigger voice uh, in the organization. Look, it's, we know that it's not easy to play with LeBron James, all right? Really? And, yeah, makes I mean, it's it easier as far as it, I can it tell for a lot of people. easier, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's easy necessarily to play with him. He, he's a bit of a micromanager, as we know. And he, I think sometimes with the, and this is not to suggest he should change being himself or that he's somehow wrong for the way he approaches the game, but everybody isn't necessarily cut out to do it. I know people think it's bizarre that you would leave such a winning situation to Mm -hmm. want your own thing, but not really. Uh, Look, Charles Barkley, I remember he said this a while ago, and even though Charles gets roasted a lot for not having a championship, he said before that if you asked him would he rather trade places with Robert Ory, who has seven of them things, he said no. He'd well, rather. Why is that? So, that's an extreme. Well, it's that's not an extreme. extreme necessarily. You said Kyrie Irving is, is Robert Ory. That's no, not. That's no, not no, this. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that I think it's okay to have personal ambition, and okay. it makes more sense after you won. Well, that's the thing because for all the people trying to connect dots and say, "Oh, it's about LeBron's uncertain future," or it's about wanting the ball more, which is ridiculous. Let the league and usage. Let the team, excuse me, in usage rate almost led the team in points per game, averaging 25, taking the big shots, wanting the ball more seems ridiculous. He has it just about as much as LeBron does and pounds it more anyway. That said, all the people trying to connect things, the thing that does not make a whole lot of sense for me is, oh, he wants to go and win. He wants his own team win. San Antonio's on that list. That would not be his own team. Minnesota has other star caliber players. That would not be, quote unquote, his own team. So it does seem to be more about just wanting to get away from LeBron. But look what this benefits you. He's in Asia right now doing what? Selling shoes, which he does better than I believe anybody in the league Mm -hmm. other than LeBron James. He has a brand. You're in the finals making big shots because you're with LeBron. Again, the grass ain't always greener on the other side. So if I'm the Cavs, you know how I play this? I say, hey. Both of you guys are paid to play basketball. Come back, work it out, hash it out, whatever you got to do, you're grown-ups. Play again this year because if I'm the Cavs, I'm not going to trade him just because he wants to be traded. And then if LeBron leaves, be left with neither guy. Oh, Make him play another great year. insurance. Exactly. Make him play another year. If LeBron leaves, say, do you want this team or not? If you don't, Kyrie, now we trade you with a year guarantee left on your contract. Well, look, LeBron worked it out with Kevin Love. This can happen as well. All right, so Bill Simmons of the Ringer dropped this little juicy morsel on Twitter about a possible destination for Melo, not named Houston. Not exactly sure what, quote, officially circling each other means. But finally, maybe this appears that Melo is considering someone else other than Houston. Could this be a thing? It seems unrealistic to me, and I hate to say that about Sam Presti, because you thought Paul George wasn't going to happen, and he pulled a rabbit out of his hat there. So it doesn't seem like he has the assets required to to get a Carmelo Anthony. Uh, But to me, I've said it for a while now, and you don't believe that Carmelo really has this mentality. I do believe that Carmelo is fed up with playing 
with all due respect to the New York market, meaningless basketball, basketball that doesn't end up in the postseason. And if I'm him, and I think he's, he's at this point, I believe he's at this point, while he may be locked in on Houston, if that deal can't get done and your alternative is going back to New York after you've had your heart and mind set on leaving that situation, regardless of the changes they've made, you have to, you have to help them help you. You got to say, okay, Portland and Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum, let's see if you can pull something off, or even OKC or anybody, because your alternative is going back to New York. Like it's, it's like in power. Like your goals, you need a lifeline. Somebody, somebody, Angela may not be walking through that door to get you up out of New York. So I haven't seen it, but that's so okay. short of that, you got to come up with really. I didn't see. La- I didn't see the, la- the latest episode. I didn't see that or insecure. Humble brag because I was watching did Kendrick I just, did Lamar. I, spoiler alert this thing? I don't know if you did or not. Oh, okay, it's, okay, my, good. it's my fault. It's okay, my good. fault that I haven't seen the latest. Bottom line <laughs> is he should be open to any contender, not just Houston. Houston may be the best one given Chris Paul's presence, but he should be open to any contender beyond just the Rock. I just don't know that he is. I mean, I do agree that he's upset with the Knicks. I think he's more upset with the fact that they're so directionless and haphazard. Like I, I think you can put up to some degree with losing if you sense that there's a direction and that there's one voice and that everybody has their stuff together, okay? But with this, they're just so dysfunctional, it's hard to believe and trust in any plan because it just seems like too often he's been shown with them that they don't have one. And I know that they have a new direction now. And there's a part of me considering that he has this love affair with New York that's thinking maybe you should go ahead and hear out the new regime and see if y'all can come up with something together because I don't really think he wants to leave New York. So Melo's trying to figure out a way to get out. Dame and CJ recruiting help. Chris Paul went to everybody else figuring out something, but you're telling me Kyrie tied a LeBron subtweet. Come on now. <laughs> Just saying. As first reported by Fox Sports and confirmed by ESPN, Clayton Kershaw expected to miss four to six weeks with an injured back based on the initial diagnosis that forced him to leave Sunday's game against the Braves after two innings. The Dodgers will officially determine how long Kershaw will be sidelined after a visit with the team's back specialist. At least it isn't a herniated disc like last year, but rather a muscle injury. But it's a sign. What it is is a sign. Yeah. On Omen, it's a, it's, a, it's a clue. Like, they were already probably in the market for starting pitching help. This confirms it. Go get you, Darvish. Go get that right hand to add to your rotation so that Clayton Kershaw does not have to pitch on three days rest for a fifth consecutive postseason. They need one anyway. Go get him as a runner. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And it, well, you hated it had to come to this because obviously nobody in the Dodgers position. I realize they're in first place in their division. Ten and, you, and a half games. Ten and a half games. You got a you got a nice lead, uh, so to speak. But still, you don't want to lose obviously somebody who's that important. I think it's pretty much on the table that they have to do this to continue to compete and continue to maintain that lead. But it, it seemed like. Man, this was everything was really rolling for them, and it's just uh, amazing how just that quickly an injury here, something happens, a bad a bad loss streak, and then all of a sudden you're kind of back to the drawing board. And look, if they don't make the deal, he comes back with not as much time to warm up for the postseason, but it's something that they could have used anyway. Is that that right hander, that yep. dominant right hander, and maybe the price tag isn't as high given that he's a rental. I know they got prize prospects; they don't want to get rid of from that rich farm system. But maybe now this is the impetus to go ahead and say, you know what? That's a sign. Let's go ahead and get this done. Protect him. So we don't have to burden him in the postseason the way we usually do. Correct. Um, I'm guilty of thinking Jordan Spieth's final round at the Open was about to go one way after the bad tee shot on 13. But then it went the other way. After bogey and losing the lead for the first time in the tournament, he played the final five holes in five under. Closing with a three-shot victory over Matt Kuchar. Here's what Spieth had to say about what was going on, on in his mind on 13. As you can imagine, thoughts come in from my last scenario when I was leading a major on Sunday and uh, never mentioned it, but, you know, it's 
all of a sudden it creeps into your head, wow, you know, I was so confident, and all of a sudden uh, things, the wheels have kind of come off everything. And uh, how do we get back on track to, to salvage this round and, and uh, just, just give yourself a chance at the end? And uh, uh, it took a bogey to do so. <laughs> All right, after his third major title, Jordan Spieth will have a chance to compete the career Grand Slam next month at the PGA Championship at Quail Hollow. According to Westgate, he currently has 8-1 to odds to win, making him the co-favorite alongside two-time PGA champion Roy McIlroy. Now, Spieth is the second youngest player behind Jack Nicklaus to complete three legs of the career span at this age. Wow. Career Grand Slam, yeah. yeah wow. is, uh, is Jordan Spieth, let's sum it up a name I know you love to talk about in Tiger Woods territory. No, I, I, don't, I don't think the, the intimidation factor is there, and I think the competition um, is, is better and broader, if you will. Because, I mean, there's a reason he's co-favorites with Rory. Mm-hmm. Like, you got other guys, whether it's Rory, uh, Justin, uh, or Dustin Johnson, excuse me, Jason Day. You got different guys that could win any of these majors at any time. That's how, that's how deep the field is right now, which speaks to what he's doing at such a young age. But I, I, let's talk about Jack, though, for a second, because as impressive, obviously, as 18 is, he got 19 runner-up finishes, which many has, have pointed out may be as impressive a record, and 56 top five finishes. But what happened on 13 yesterday? I could totally see that being that just being his moment. He, he's long since had his coming-out party. Right. But his moment where it's like, it could have it gone one of two ways. It could have changed the conversation about him and, and been a psychological hurdle for the rest of his career or the type of thing that, okay, now that he knows where that switch is, scrambling and getting a bogey on 13 and trusting his caddy with the yard adjustment oh, the yeah. way that he that did. Now that he has that, he can always just harken back to that moment. And I see somebody who, look, I, we, we thought Tiger was a shoe in for 18 at one point, for 19 majors. I don't know if he'll win that many majors, but my point in bringing up Jack's runners-up finishes and his top fives is that Jordan's going to always be there at the end, no matter how his final round may start. It was falling apart the first 13 holes, and then he goes, you know, five under through four holes. Unbelievable. And I think that's an important distinction to make. And that is why, look, I I can't say I'm going to boldly stand on this desk and say, yes, for sure, he'll eclipse Jack Nicklaus in terms of number of majors won. But I do think that the fact that he seems to have overcome this mental hurdle, hurdle, the fact that he does have such an impressive, different kind of victory, major victory to reference, that that's going to make all the difference in terms of how the rest of his career plays out. I know we're rushing for somebody else to be Tiger Woods. Nobody else is going to be Tiger Woods. And I think that's okay, and that's not an indictment of golf. Um, I think in many ways you could argue this is more compelling because there is resistance because there is Justin Day and Dustin Johnson who we forget. I mean, I'm sorry, Jason Day and Dustin Johnson who was the uh, favorite going into the Masters this year before his injury. So I think that's fine, and in many ways people will look back regardless of if he gets close to Jack or not and think this is impressive in his own right, given right. the company that he has to ward off every major. He's made of the same mental stuff, mm-hmm. same mental, emotional type of fortitude for him to fight through that and to recognize that moment and seize it. Uh, Cowboys open training camp today in Oxnard, California. Dak Prescott doubled down on his prediction that the Cowboys will win the NFC East. Of course, this is his first full camp working with Des Bryant and the starting unit, but the focus, of course, remains on Ezekiel Elliott's off the field issues and a potential punishment coming down from the NFL. Here is Dak on Zeke. He's a good friend, uh, so yeah. I mean, I take uh, I take part in in helping him out uh, every way on and off the field. I mean, I've made 
probably many bad decisions as any of these guys have, uh, only being 23. So I'm, I'm definitely not one that I can point fingers and be mad or be pissed. All I can do is kind of um, get from my, my young experience and the things that have happened to me. Uh, but um, as I said, those things are being handled out, so not something that I, I care to go on about. All right, so over the weekend, Jerry Jones is pretty adamant saying that nothing close to domestic violence occurred with uh, Ezekiel Elliott and his accuser. How do you see this situation playing out? And the, cap, uh, the Cowboys, I don't know, taking this a, a little less seriously than they should. Well, I think, and, and I'm not saying this as any kind of judgment of the accuser or say, I don't know what happened. And I think for Jerry Jones to say that he does, um, that's an interesting comment to me. But given where the conversation is about domestic violence, in the NFL. And again, not trying to diminish the seriousness of, it, of the issue, but why does this kind of seem like a situation where the NFL is, is, has this open inve- uh, investigation in part because they don't want to be caught looking stupid? Why does it kind of seem like this? Because that's what it is. Yeah. They haven't drugged this thing on this long to say nothing to see here. Right. Like it, it's become a they said, she said situation when it comes to the Cowboys and, and Jerry and Jason Garrett. And, and they're right. And of course, you expect them to vouch for Ezekiel Elliott's character because they're getting his version of the events. And who knows, maybe they got information or what have you. But it seems like the NFL is doing its best to find the type of information that can justify in the court of public opinion a minimal game suspension, whether that's one, two games, whatever, and then worry about the appeals process later, which if you want to go all the way back to Ray Rice, that was the mistake then, going too light and then trying to come back and punish him retroactively as opposed to now, I think they'll deal with the NFLPA getting upset if it saves them face as it relates to this issue. Yeah, I guess I'm just, like a lot of people, perplexed. Either you have something or you don't, and if you don't have anything, then why is this still being open? Because they want something. Right, because it seems like they... Because if, if this young lady goes to court and it's a civil case mm-hmm. and a lot of details start coming out or he settles or what have Everybody's going to immediately go they back look? and say, why didn't you? Why did you do something? Derek Rose watch continues. He's meeting with the Cavs today to discuss a potential one-year, $2.1 million deal. He met with the Lakers Friday. The sources tell ESPN Rose is leaning toward Cleveland. Should he just go to Cleveland? I like, feel like L.A. better. Okay. I, I like L.A. better. I mean, look, it's a good fit for both. I mean, the, the Cavs need bench punch. Mm-hmm. I like to see him with the Lakers. They could promise him more playing time. Yeah, that's about to be the starter in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, like, why you, you know what? Over the weekend, it came out that both Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler doing their best to recruit Kyrie Irving in Minnesota, who's already on his list, who doesn't have a no-trade clause, so it kind of doesn't really matter. Wait a, wait a be a killjoy. I'm not. No, I, no, I would actually, if he's going to go somewhere, I'd like to see him go to the West so the West can just eat one another. Oh, like, okay. maybe I'd be ever in your favor type thing. It, I obviously, you know what, Wiggins would probably have to go away in some kind of trade, but that's still a hell of a big three. No, I, I love the idea of this team. How good? How good would they be? Yeah, top what? Mm, I'm going to say... Four... I go five. I go top five. You want Stephon and Rocky? You got two stars there. You can't get all the shots there. Um, Broncos and John Elway agreed to a new five-year contract. Ties into Denver through 2021. Adam Schefter also says that the deal will make him the league's highest-paid GM. Yeah, well, he's certainly earned it, given everything that he's brought to Denver, bringing a championship there. And obviously the way that he's run the, uh, the organization. What will be interesting to me is how's his quarterback battle going to turn out in the fall? Peyton get a cut of that? Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> Miller for that matter. At today's meeting with the Packers shareholders at Lambeau Field, team president Mark Murphy said it's going to be a lot of fun for all of our fans to drive across the state for the Super Bowl. He's kind of clarified a little bit, probably got a little caught up in it. Why are you walking it back? I wouldn't. Like, that would be sweet. That's what you're supposed to tell if your you're shareholders. If you're a Packers fan, you want to go to Minnesota, to Minneapolis, to play in the Super Bowl. That Correct. would be 
two for one and right that's, there. That's what you but do. I'm kinda, as much as I love Green Bay, you know I love Aaron Rodgers. I'm kind of talking about the Packers. Tired of talking about the Packers as favorites, only for them to not make it to the Super Bowl. Speaking of favorites, uh, this is what I call sports debate porn. USA Today want to say porn. released its annual prediction for the NFL season. And here's the boldest prediction. Patriots going undefeated. That's not even bold. I know anymore. it's not bold. I just said it was sarcastic. Like I said, it like... You just want some credit? No, I don't want credit, but I'm saying it's not really bold if, like, a lot of people are saying it. Okay. Like, say they're going 10 and 6. That's bold. <laughs> say they lose six times. Okay. So, you know what? Ryan Clark, am I lying? Nah, you're absolutely like 19, correct. Like, you Even got a 19 and 0? When they, when they sent the topic over, I was like... <laughs> but what does that tell you about how ridiculous this team is that, that talking about them being undefeated in July just seems completely rational and normal and, no, it's and a, reasonable. Listen, it's extremely normal. First of all, because we've seen this team do it. Mm-hmm. We've seen this team go 16-0. and 0. Mm-hmm. We watched the team win games without Tom Brady last year and then come back from down 28-3 to 3 in the Super Bowl. And, oh, all they did was add better pieces in places where they were kind of deficient. And so – you look at it and you say, yeah, they can go 16-0. They will be favored in every game. Yeah. They will be the favorite to win. They will not go 16-0, and though. And the pressure or the expectations of going on that kind of run will not get to them because no. Belichick is going to make them think that they're the worst team ever week after Which week. He's already doing, I'm And sure. of all the additions that they made, and when you look back at the team that won the Super Bowl and the fact that they approached the offseason as if they blew a 28-3 lead, I know you can't count on them for 16 but they didn't have Gronk when they did it. They didn't have Gronk for that run through the postseason, and now they get him back in addition to all of the different toys Tom Brady has. And they kept Jimmy Garoppolo, which is the brilliance of it. Everybody's like, get rid of him, trade him, see what you can get for him. Supposedly, Belichick thinks he's got the next Brady there. So if anything were to happen to Tom Brady, you got your quarterback ready to plug in and play. What, Brady, after missing uh, four games last year because of uh, suspension, he, was, he went 14-1. and one. So they're always on the cusp of that conversation anyway. So I feel like for this team, this is just nothing new under the sun. I am curious as to how some of these pieces will work together, but I just can't think of, a, of an excuse or reason, honestly, for them not to do it. I mean, even looking at their schedule, I know they have a swing where they have Buffalo and they're at Miami. Because, they have some, because they have it's some football. Spots. Uh, it's, Somebody it's, might catch yeah, it. It's, right. it's, it's because it's football. I remember last year once Tom Brady came back and they were playing at an extremely high clip. I went, on, I went on, and I was like, they'll lose a the game. And I was like, it'll be somewhere around. You know, they had a stretch where Seattle was a part of it and some other good teams. Like, somewhere around here, somebody will beat them. Yeah. Right. I didn't know which team was beat them because no team was better. Right. right. There was no team that you take them on one day that you would pick over the Patriots. But the accumulation of body blows usually ends up you lose a game here or there. A team has a good stretch. There's a fluke turnover or something like that. They have a stretch of, like, Six games. Cooks, they got a stretch of like six <laughs> games. Oh, he can go. But the problem is that man scored on a 99-yard touchdown. <laughs> so for real though, it's a lot of like when 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 you are backed up, the right. two things they say, they say, watch the hard count. Obviously, because if they get a penalty because they jump off sides, yep. it's only half the distance, and say, watch the deep ball. Yep. That's it. That's all you gotta do. Right. Let them run it. Let them throw a hitch. They got 99 running. yards. That boy is so fat. Then he's gonna hit you with the arrow joint, which is now legal. No, I'm sure you're excited. The best thing I can say about the Patriots is they may lose, but they're rarely, if ever, going to beat themselves doing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not going to be because they overlook somebody or they made mental errors. Somebody's going to have to have a hell of a game. Exactly. Bill Belichick, he was doing an interview in the spring, and they asked him, you know, so you lose the game. I mean, you won the game now. What do you focus on? What do you hope to do in the future? He's like, well, right now. I hope to have a good practice. Exactly. That's first on my list. Exactly. Yeah, well, he said That's they were the behind in the offseason, right? When they were celebrating. No days off. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thank you. Shout out to your barber, too, Doug.
Kyrie Irving on a world tour? Or is he on an award tour with Muhammad, my man, going each and every place with a mic in his hand? He's in Beijing posting these pics, living his best life, making some promotional stops with Nike, because you know, like, since he doesn't take enough shots, he doesn't have a, a big enough brand. Pick up on your sarcasm. You know, because LeBron's holding him back. <laughs> Wendy, what's good, man? How you doing? Uh, what's the latest on the team? Which team or teams are first in line to swing a deal for Kyrie? Who's the hottest on this trail? Well, let me say this first. Jim, I've known Jamel Hill a long time. <laughs> and there was a time when Jamel Hill was a reporter at the Detroit Free Press. And she took a job at the Orlando Sentinel, which was a smaller you know, market, but it was a columnist job. It was a, it was a, 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 a promotion of a job in a, in a different market, smaller market. That's kind of what Kyrie Irving's doing here. He's doing what a lot of people do. He wants a different job, you know, and maybe on a lesser team. Maybe it'll be on as good of a team, but probably on a lesser team. So, you know, I, I, I'm surprised at the timing of it, but this isn't unheard of in, in, in America. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. Now, where could that market be? That's the question. Well, talking to some executives today, the, uh, they think that the team that can make the best offer to the Cleveland Cavs for Kyrie Irving is the Phoenix Suns. Um, because they have a package that they could offer with Eric Bledsoe, uh, and possibly, what about this guy they just drafted, Josh Jackson? Uh, and that would be the big question. Would they be willing to include that prized young, that prized young player in a package uh, for, for Kyrie Irving? It's unclear at this point. Um, and one of the other things that we're going to see when this, uh, when this plays itself out, Kyrie has given the Cavs a preferred list. How forceful is he going to be to that list? Is he going to tell the team that would trade for him that's not on the list that he wouldn't resign and therefore try to force his way there? These are things that we're still trying to see play out. Um, this is still a very fresh market. Teams are still getting their acts together. Um, from what I am told, a lot of the teams that have contacted the Cavs so far have said, hey, don't forget us, don't leave us out of the loop, don't do anything until you check in with us. Everybody's still trying to figure out what their offer will be. All right, Wendy, I love that you brought my career into this, but look, it worked out for me. I'm not so sure it will work out the same for Kyrie, but I don't blame him for trying. I had to try it. Maybe he will, too. I like how you did that. Yeah. Well done, that as always, slick. Wendy. We appreciate you. Uh, so here's Damian Lillard's thoughts on Kyrie Irving when asked whether or not it would be difficult to play with LeBron. He said, I don't know because I've never played with LeBron. He said, just watch it from the outside. You see how easy he makes the game for everybody else. I'm not sure what it's like playing with LeBron in person, but the player... Uh, I'm not sure why anybody wouldn't want to play with him. He also went on to say to Sports Illustrated, who wouldn't want to play in the finals every year? And that's my point. I hear where Wendy's coming from, and I hear where everybody's coming from. And look, Kyrie doesn't give a damn what I think anyway, nor should he. And I certainly understand individual ambition. All I'm simply saying is, if this is about you wanting to grow, or you wanting to be at the top of the call sheet, if you will. You wanting to be the person that the organization calls when it comes to personnel matters or this, that, and the other. You want what LeBron has. It's like, just be careful what you, what you wish for. Because you could end up in that situation. If you truly want your own team, they could send you somewhere where you end up not playing meaningful basketball into May and June the way you have been playing with LeBron James. And, I'm, and look, maybe he believes, hey, I'm the guy that can take that franchise to greater lengths. And that's fine for him to believe that. I'm just saying as difficult as LeBron may be personally, and I don't know, but that seems to be what people are saying about the, the relationship, he's made your life easier. And you're still getting yours at the same time. That's what just doesn't add up. You're getting 25 points. You're taking the big shots. You're in the conversation for finals MVP. And yet it's not enough.
No, because I think, look, here's, you know how I make decisions, Mike. Uh, I make it based on what you can live with in terms of regret. Like, will you regret this if you don't try this? And I think somebody his age and what he's always already accomplished, that's what makes it easier to do. He's already won. It'd be different if he were still in that situation he was in years ago when they weren't winning. Doesn't that speak to the whole he thought about asking for a trade after the championship last it year? It does. So this has been percolating right. behind the scenes. So once he won that, he was vindicated. Yeah, because he, he made the finals. He's made the finals. Made the shot. Made the shot. So that seemed like a perfect walk-off uh, moment for him. And look... I, I know for a lot of people, especially given the, when you talk to players who haven't uh, won rings and the regrets some of them wind up carrying in their careers, I think it's okay that he's going about this the opposite way. The reason we're saying this is because it's LeBron James and he's arguably the greatest player of this generation. And I think knowing just based off everything I've read and what seems to be his personality, I think he'd regret it if he stayed there in his mid-20s and didn't try to do this another way. It may seem horribly selfish to a lot of people, but sometimes you make those bold decisions. Like, people are acting like Kyrie can't win anywhere else. What if he does? What if he proves out to be right because he bet on himself? But he's not really betting that much on himself, to be honest, when it comes... He just wants a different construct. No, he just wants away from LeBron. Now, see, okay, okay forget about LeBron's uncertain future. Forget about the he's not touching the ball enough. All that's BS as far as I'm concerned because it doesn't hold up. It doesn't pass the smell test. What does pass the smell test is despite he may have told LeBron, hey, we're good. I just want to grow. It's nothing personal. To me, it is more personal than it is business or basketball. Because if it's that, the reason I say that is him wanting to go to a ready-made team like Minnesota or a team where the system is the star with all due respect to Kyrie in San Antonio or even Miami, which has a winning tradition. To me, that says that he just wants a change of scenery and not be beholden to the king more than he wants his own team. Because if he wanted his own team, he'd be calling Phoenix. He'd be calling one of these teams that's not in the playoffs every well, year he, or not he, a playoff He also is trying to have it both ways. In a sense, you there get you the go. change of scenery, you get some winning pieces, but I think he feels like he can be the vocal point of the team. They've gone to the national title game the last two years. We'll see if they can become the first team ever from the ACC to repeat. This is the program I expect them to be for a very long time. Clemson signed a top 10 class. We've got some dynamic guys that can make some plays with their feet. The interior line play is really strong. By the time we play in September, we're going to be in a really good spot. It's starting-wise and depth-wise and competition-wise. That ball isn't going anywhere. They're, they're a perennial power right now in college football. Coach, so many times when you see a, a coach or a general manager win a championship, they immediately turn the page to next season to get back to work, to get back to the top of the mountain again. You worked so long and waited so long for this moment. How long did you give yourself to enjoy being a national champion at Clemson? Well, we enjoyed it. You know, we had a little extended time in January. We gave our players uh, a couple weeks of discretionary time. It's a long season, 15 games. But uh, we're on the road recruiting right away. So right. everywhere I went, everybody's kind of congratulating us. So that was fun. But as soon as we come back, just like every year, when we get going in February as a staff, we start over. And, you know, as good as you feel when you start over and you start evaluating everything, man, we had a lot of mistakes. Yeah. We got a lot we got to improve, um, you know, and, and so that's what you focus on. And then it's mat drills at 5.30 a.m. You're right out there. And I promise you, nobody was out there at 5.30 a.m. going, oh, well, maybe it's okay we didn't finish through the line today. We won the national championship last year. That's not the mentality of our program. That's, how, that's not how we've become consistent. 
we've become very consistent by starting over, reinstalling the program, reinstalling the core values of who we are, what we do, how we do it, and creating that buy-in and that belief and that leadership from within. Like you mentioned being on a recruiting trail immediately. Did you walk around with a different glide in your stride and a dip in your hip <laughs> being a national champion now? It's well, okay if your chest pops out a little bit. bit. Little bit. <laughs> I don't know if I, I walked any different, but I probably had a little more swag uh, than I did coming off uh, a you loss a the year before. before. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I think uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, people, people were genuinely happy for us. Um, because, you know, I think most of the country was probably pulling for us. Now, as part of your victory tour, uh, you got an opportunity to go to the White House. Now, it yeah. seems like these days going or not going to the White House is always a conversation. What was the experience like for you, and would you have cared or minded if some of your players didn't want to go? Oh, no. I, I told our guys it was optional if they didn't want to go, but I also uh, encouraged them that, you know, this, is, this isn't – we're not – we're not going for a fundraiser. Uh, we're sitting a political statement. This is a celebration of something that a group of young people accomplished that the, the White House wants to recognize. That's something they've been doing since the 1920s. It wasn't, okay, well, you know, you only go if your president won or what. It doesn't matter. I, I, let's don't make it political. Let's keep it about something special that was accomplished. And, you know, our team showed up and, and uh, you know, just, it was an unbelievable experience. Your son will enrolled in Clemson. Yeah. It's going to be a walk-on. Yeah. What's it like to coach, uh, coach your son at Clemson? What's well, it's going to be neat. I hadn't done it yet, so might maybe a better question after yeah. I yell at him a little bit on the practice field. So, but I'm really excited about it. I, I've, I coached him in baseball and I coached him in basketball a little bit growing up, but I've never had a chance to coach him in football. And to be honest with you, I've always stayed away from that. I've never been involved. I've always just been dad. I sit in the stands. I stay away. I've never gone to the coaches and, you know, said, do this, do this, do this. You know, there's been a few times I'm up in the stands, you know, I'm like any other fan, like, what the heck, you know. But I've stayed away from all that. So I'm excited because he's a good little player, and and I'm excited to be able to coach him. All right, well, good luck this season. You've Appreciate officially it, had to turn the page, so even though you're the defending national champion, there's we're a the, we're, we're not defending. Oh, there we go. That's, okay. such, oh, okay. that's such a passive thing. Okay. You know, okay. We're attacking for another one. Oh, there's okay. a different like mentality. Okay. You know? so, that, so that's the message this year. Yeah, Last year was unfinished business. We're, we're, we're attacking. This, we're not defending. Attacking. We're not defending not anything. Defending. So we should introduce Now, you. if I had Deshaun and Mike and Cordray <laughs> and Ben, we, maybe we are defending. Right. But but we're not. Where'd we're you come attacking. Up, where'd you come up with that? I just thought about it. I just now? It was right off the dome. Oh, uh, I thought about that. was a message I gave the team, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, I guess. All right. That's a T-shirt. Attacking national champions. Yeah. Hey, never know. If we see it there, we'll, probably we'll, in my sleep. We'll credit ourselves. Right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Coach. So, after winning his third major, Jordan Spieth gave his caddy a little love tap. Why do men do that? I, don't, so I can't speak for men. I don't. But if he wants to do it after third major, he might guess. Lucky Whitehead, well, you better start caring about finding another job. He was cut, and this comes after he was arrested for shoplifting at a Wawa's uh, in Virginia in late June. Then he failed to appear for a court hearing on July 6th, resulting in another charge. Now, you remember we talked about him recently because somebody held his dog Blitz for ransom and then returned him. That's a lot going on in your life. Especially when you were on the roster bubble to begin with, I believe. Like, this, it's just senseless. What is it with these dudes? 
shoplifting. Old number 21 was Gucci Guilty Black, wasn't right, it? Yeah. Joseph Randall was? Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, man. That's just that's silly. Dan Gilbert's Detroit real estate company Bedrock has since taken down and apologized for this advertisement. That's how I said it. <laughs> that was very classy of you. In downtown Detroit, which read, see Detroit like we do. Not so much. Is that how Detroit looks these days? No, Detroit, even though it's is the gentrification is real, um, Detroit's still 80 plus percent black. A lot of black folks, just none in that poster. So I don't know which part of Detroit he... Couldn't have photoshopped your head on there somewhere? No, he imported. I was just there, going back this weekend. But that's, McGregor, that's Draymond Green. We're back and forth on Instagram in the comment section. Draymond told McGregor to take off the number 23 jerseys rocking with Mayweather, right? McGregor, fireback, said, nah, man, this is deeper than that. It's C.J. Watson. <laughs> Watson, of course, alleged to have been texting Mayweather's ex-girlfriend in 2010, a detailed immersion Mayweather's domestic violence case in 2013. These two just... I mean, not that you expected happen. anything would be out of bounds. Nothing's off limits when it comes to... No, it's not. Although, it's interesting to see Draymond and Conor McGregor trash-talking. Um, speaking of talking, Mike Tyson was on Pardon My Take, our guys at Barstool Sports, and he said that McGregor is going to get killed... I don't know about yes. killed. I think he's going to lose. Mayweather. I don't know about killed. I think, he will, he, I think he will lose convincingly. In a decision. Um, decision. This was a bad decision, I think. Up nine points during a playoff game. LeVar Ball pulled his AAU team off the court after receiving a technical foul. Not a good look. Not that LeVar Ball cares what anyone thinks, but, you know, being that you are the person in charge, supposed to be a role model, that's not how you handle that. Just my two cents. Let's move on. Uh, the drive-by dunk challenge is now turning into vandalism. These fools. <laughs> Whatever, all the fails, you deserve it. You deserve that. That's one of my favorite challenges in recent no, Don't encourage this nonsense. Coach Cal even doing it. I mean, you know, just middle of the night or early morning. You somebody were rolling up on your hoop at the middle of the night. It, look, I'm calling the police. All right? What? what? That's not, that's not that's regulation. Great. Was it already lowered for him, or did he find one that was lowered and say, hey, there's mine? And how long did he have to drive around to Kareem Biggum's got in on it. You know it's, it's real. Jab okay, stepping in everything. This is one of my favorites, I will have to say. But I, much like the <laughs> gender reveals, this can die at the any time. The best part of that with Kareem's was he was driving a summer breeze by the Oscars. <laughs> After Le'Veon Bell didn't get a new long-term contract last week, Antonio Brown said he had a top-secret two-hour conversation Ooh. with Bell on Saturday. He said, we need him. I need him. It's not secret anymore. It's like, I need him. No. They do. It, oh, of course they do. And what's, what's so secret about it? Like, yes, pay the man his money, but the market is what it is, and unfortunately he's at the long position in many respects. I told you they're going to go Bill Withers and use him up. Uh, Clifford Dell, speaking of old-school R&B, saying, players, baby, come back. I wish we could play it right now to Chris Paul during a Drew League game, only to be broken up by, of course, James Harden. Well, nobody rides harder for the Clippers. That was something. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I know we don't want to pay for it. This is a great song. (laughs) So I'm not surprised that he's still probably not over the trade. I know it's going to be tough. Clipper D, but y'all gonna have to go back to irrelevancy. Sorry. More T Wolves news. First of all, Roots of Palooza was announced today, Dave Ooh. Chappelle's deal. But the T Wolves tweeted Chappelle saying, Thanks to those bricks you laid back in 2013, the Target Center renovations are almost complete. Let's gather up all these <laughs> bricks. <laughs> right. So your mother and your sister will have somewhere to live. I want your mother and your sister out of my house immediately. Uh, That's messed up. Yeah, but though his shot looks a little better than yours, that's okay. Okay. Alex Rodriguez, <laughs> may I just say, oh, that he saved his most mammoth clutch home run for retirement. He and J-Lo celebrating their birthdays over the weekend. Look, try not to slip on the saliva that 
Is that the corner of your mouth? Or the ruler? All right. I mean, it's a shadow. Need some water. <laughs> like the shadow of a. <laughs> this is why you don't give us these things at the end of the show. We just start acting foolish. You can hear Jasmine in our ear like 45. Oh, for real, man. Hey, Rod. Winning. No, I like them together. They do like, yeah. seem like such a fun Happy. couple. All right. All right. Tell the people had a good day. Yeah, it was a good day uh, for the man who bears linebacker uh, Jarrell Freeman. He saved his life as he was choking on a brisket wow. at the Austin airport. Performed the Heimlich, which you did for me a couple years ago when I was choking on a piece of steak. Thank you. Yes. I'm, Thank I'm you, Mike. <laughs> uh, Saturday, you hear a lot of negative Odell Beckham Jr. news. He made a trip to Texas to visit with a nine-year-old who is battling cancer. Five days earlier, the father of a teammate asked whether Beckham could make the young boy's wish come true, and he did. We will see you tomorrow. More Sports Center is next. Shout out to Odell Beckham.